Chapter Three of Naval Occasions by Bartimaeus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: A Galley's Day. Boom! On board the flagship, a puff of smoke rose and dissolved in the breeze. The cluster of whalers and gigs that had been hovering about the starting line sped away before the wind. The bay to windward resembled the shallows near the nesting ground of white-winged gulls, as the remaining gigs, whalers, and cutters zigzagged tentatively to and fro, and a couple of belated twenty-five-foot whalers, caught napping, went tearing down among them. The launches and pinnaces do not start for another hour, and are for the most part still at the booms of their respective ships there are three more classes before us and it only remains to keep out of the way and an eye on the stopwatch the breeze is freshening and it looks like a galley's day a thirty-two feet cutter handiest and sweetest of all service boats to sail goes skimming past on a trial run her gilded badge gleams in the spray and there is a sheen of brasswork and enamel about her that proclaims the pampered darling of a ship the midshipman at the helm to show a mere galley what he can do chooses a squall in which he put her about she spins round like a top and is off on her new tack in the twinkling of an eye casey petty officer and captain's coxswain is busy forward with the awning and an additional halyard rove through a block at the foremast head this steadied by the boat-hook will serve us as a spinnaker during the three-mile run downwind and in a service-rig race is the only additional fitting allowed beyond what is defined as the rig the boat uses on service made of service canvas by service labour only a half-minute now check away the sheets spinnaker halyards in hand boom we are off hoist spinnaker as we cross the line the thirty-two-foot cutter and a couple of gigs slip over abreast of us astern a host of white sails come bellying in our wake up to windward the pinnaces and launches are manoeuvring for position the cutter has goose-winged her dipping lug and is running dead before the wind in a narrow boat like a galley this is dangerous and does not pay luffing a little we get the wind on our quarter and the gigs follow suit presently the cutter jibes and loses ground the gigs too have dropped astern a little our galley's crew settle down in the bottom of the boat and producing pipes and cigarettes from inside their caps speculate on the chances of the day far ahead the smaller fry are negotiating the mark buoy imperceptibly the breeze freshens till the wind is whipping a wet smoke off the tops of the waves casey tending the main sheet removes his pipe and spits overside i reckon we'll want our weatherboards before we're done sir he prophesies we have shown the rest of our class a clean pair of heels by now and are fast overhauling the whalers at last the mark buoy down spinnaker and round we go close hauled now the work starts a white squall tearing down the bay blinds us with spray and fine desert sand the water pours over the gunwale as we luff and luff again there's nothing for it we must reef and while we do so round come the remainder some reefed and labouring others lying up in the wind with flapping sails a nasty short sea has set in and at the snub of each wave the galley for all the careful nursing she receives quivers like a sensitive being she can't abear that reef in her foresail says casey it do make her that sluggish 
as he spoke our rival the thirty-two foot cutter went thrashing past under full sail her crew crouched to windward it was going to be neck or nothing with them then by james got anything to bail with forward there yes sir replied seven voices as one stand by to shake out that reef we luffed for a second while two gigs and a pinnace crept up on our quarter and then off we went in the seething wake of the cutter even casey's big toe curled convulsively as he braced himself against the thwart and spat on his hands to get a fresh grip on the main sheet the spray hissed over us like rain and under cover of his oilskin i believe number five perched on the weather gunwale was sorrowfully unlacing his boots if it don't get no worse says casey we'll do all right with his bulldog chin above the gunwale he commenced a running commentary on the proceeding struth there's a foremast gone he gazed astern enraptured commander's weather shroud carried away sir and i'm a-driftin helpless them whalers is bailin like lunatics he gave a hoarse chuckle like proper lunatics sir that there launch precious near foul the mark boy he'll run down that gig if he don't watch it their owner sailing her too then the squalls died away and the breeze steadied i could hear the surge of a launch as she came crashing along on our quarter but once around the second mark boy and on the port tack no one could touch us at least so casey vowed suddenly the half-drowned bowman gave the first sign of animation that he had displayed since the green seas began to break over him she's missed stays he announced with gruff relish peering under the lip of the foresail ooh not that cutter casey so far forgot himself as to squirt tobacco juice into the sacred bottom of his own boat yes sir and so help me he added in confirmation she's in hirons note a boat is said to be in irons when she lies dead head to wind and cannot pay off on either tack End note. the next minute we passed to windward of our rival as with flapping sheets and reversed helm she drifted slowly astern her midshipman avoided our eyes as we passed but his expression of incredulous exasperation i have seen matched only on the face of one whose loved and trusted hunter has refused a familiar jump above the noise of the wind and waves i heard his angry wail oh isn't she a cow the wind held fair and true and as casey prophesied it proved a galley's day after all a launch and two pinnaces raced us for the flagship's ram and our rudder missed the cable by inches as we wore to bring us on to the finishing line even then the launch nearly had it but i think that the observations exchanged as we slipped round side by side sotto voce and perfectly audible to every one in both boats between casey and the launch's coxswain did much to spoil the nerve of the first lieutenant who was sailing her much of that day i have forgotten but the sheen of white sails sprinkled along the triangular nine-mile course the grey hulls of the fleet against the blue of sea and sky the tremor of the boat's frame as the water raced hissing past her clinker-built sides the bucket and shrug the lurch and reel and plunge as she fought her way to windward all these things have combined to make a blur of infinitely pleasant memories casey gave a sigh of contentment and handed back an empty glass through the pantry door well sir he said i reckon that was a proper caper 
then as if realizing that his summing up of the race required adequate embellishment and less formal surroundings in which to do the occasion justice he wiped his mouth on the back of a huge paw and moved forward out of sight along the mess deck End of chapter three